I'm Luka Doncic and this is Locked On Mavericks Podcast. This is gonna be huge. 360 in the contract. Never that. I just take the contact. I bring it back. I'm running on the fast break behind the back. Yeah, this that, this that, this that. Jerk with the And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Engstead, and joining me, as always, my co-host, contributor at Mavs.com. The one more thing, King, the quarantine specialist. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? Today marks two days. Or two days. Gosh, I wish two days. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't wish two days. Today marks two weeks <laughs> since we last had a Dallas Maverick game let alone just an NBA game. It feels like an eternity. You tweeted this out, and people are definitely agreeing with this, but it's it so much feels like this has been going on for two months. So how much of your life has really changed up until uh, this point? Because, like, for, for like me, bas- like, yeah, without basketball, that's obviously a huge change, and, you know, jobs, you know, for me have changed a little bit, and, a, li- a little bit, a lot <laughs> have changed for me uh, and things like that. But I am not going out with like around people. Like I just, it's the same. It's almost, it's almost the same for me. Like the amount of times I go out and things like that. We still go out to get groceries. And today I went out and got ice cream, you know, and I wasn't like around a bunch of people, but uh, it just doesn't feel like a ton has changed. And yet there's so much that's changed. Right. It's yeah. Crazy. Uh, yeah. It's, it's crazy. Just, I went to target a few days ago and just to get a few groceries and it, it was just like, it was just eerie. It was a weird silence. Like really me, I was talking to each other and it's like afraid to talk to people. And, uh, it's just kind of, yeah. I mean, I, I work, uh, at a church and you know, we're working from home right now, but still doing a lot of our jobs and trying to do that online. But it's just without basketball, you know, for a lot of us that, you know, basketball is kind of like, you know, the passion or the thing that, Gets your, you know, it's your thing that takes you away from the rest of the world. It's a it thing fills your, it fills your passion bucket. <laughs> it does, yeah. And uh, so it's been weird. My, I mean, I'm not not gonna lie. My wife has enjoyed it because uh, basketball <laughs> has not dominated our TV in our living room. Uh, my son is not because he loves seeing ball on the TV and saying ball a thousand times. <laughs> uh, but it just it feels like it's just crazy because yeah, we do a daily podcast and. There's a Mavericks game every other night, and I feel like I'm at the arena, you know, all the time, and and then nothing, and it's like it feels like the it really just feels like the off season though. I mean, yeah, but is it is it just the NBA that's making everything seem like it's taking so long? Every every day it feels like I'm a kid again, right? Where just days seem to pass by, and you get bored, and you're like, man, what should I do? Man, what when's the last time I thought about like, oh, what should I do, right? Like. <laughs> I never used to think that. Now all of a sudden, you know, this quarantine happens. There's no NBA games, and all of a sudden, I'm like, "What should I do? Like, what? It's just so odd that that seems to be in my life at least the one thing that has really changed. Besides some job stuff, obviously, but uh, I know, it's, I it's just wild how much you miss it. Some of you uh, listen to this podcast and are in high school, and I was talking to some high schoolers the other day, and they were just talking about how bored they were. And some of my buddies that I talked to from back home, now we're, you know, we're, we're married and we have kids and all this stuff. We, we were joking about the other day. We're like, can you imagine if this happened in high, when we were in high school, we would just like, we'd be at somebody's house posted up playing Halo and Gears of War and just playing video games all day, every day and uh, soaking this up. But yeah, it's just, it's, 
it's it's weird. It's different, but uh, it's kind of our new normal right now. And uh, I think how we're doing, you know, us as hosts of this podcast, how my family and stuff is is taking this time now is how can we embrace this stage and make the best of it? And whether it's learn, learning new hobbies, developing new habits, family time, whatever it is. And so I think that's the. I try to do that with everything as best I can, but how can we embrace this this stage right now and make the best of it? Yeah, it's so odd. Uh, things move so fast now that we always are asking, "What's the new show you're watching? What's the new thing you're doing? What's the new movie you saw? What's the you know What's the game you just watched? You know, the, the new thing." And so when those new things stop coming in, all of a sudden we're bored, right? And especially you know what is it, Gen Z, the generation you know even like younger than us, like. If th- if new things stop happening, then all of a sudden it just everything feels like it's slowed all the way down because you can't go back, right? Can you go? You, can you go back? I mean, some pe- some of them will watch old games, I guess, or watch you know old movies or things. But well, if there's not new happening, then all of a sudden life is just at a standstill. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. In a way, for them, because the world is so fast and stuff now uh, compared to I think in the past, but. Uh, it, it's weird for everybody, but uh, this is what this is where we're at right now, and uh, we'll see what how the NBA what unfolds for that, and uh, just life in general. And a lot of you listen to this podcast uh, live in Dallas here, and you know they just um, we just went under stricter uh, guidelines and stuff right now. So I mean we can't we can't push this enough. Literally stay at home, <laughs> stay at yes. home right now as, yeah. as much as you can. If if we want this to get better. If if we want to break it down to the most simple terms ever, if you want basketball back, stay at home. It's <laughs> <laughs> what it feels like. I mean, I, mean, we really, all have a, I mean, we all have a responsibility in this. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. That's the. Uh, I don't. Yeah. Anyway. And we're learning, you know, that more and more people, you know, are dying that are younger and younger, right? I saw, I read a story today about a guy that was 34 years old that died because of the coronavirus. So it's not just, yeah. you know, at the beginning it felt like people were saying. Oh, well, if you're younger and if you're in good health, it won't kill you, right? Well, there's other things that go along with that too, right? It's, you know, you don't get to the very end and not, you know, not all people will die that are that age, but it can, it can definitely happen. There can be complications, there can be things. And if there's too many people in hospitals, then all of a sudden your, you know, your likelihood goes up. So, uh, you're, you know, it's not just the people that are, you know, seventies, eighties, right? There's some people that are are younger that are dying now too. So, uh, yeah, we we all have a part in this again. Um, all right whole bunch of news has happened today and so we wanted to get into a lot of it uh the mavericks have been doing some really awesome things so we wanted to talk about that uh, mark cuban went on the dan patrick show on monday and so uh, i listened to that and i got some notes down from some very interesting things cuban said cuban said uh and talked about as far as sports and what sports's role is in uh you know in a crisis like this and so we'll get to talking about that that's a topic that we that is pretty near and dear to our hearts uh, but i wanted to start with uh, now that we've already we're into the podcast, but the the Olympics have been postponed, right? Mm. Like if you weren't taking this seriously before, like the Olympics have postponed. You, do you know how much goes into the Olympics? This is not just like an NFL season, an NBA season. This is literally they build stadiums, they build arenas, and they build all these like structures and infrastructure to make the Olympics happen. And over in Tokyo, it was supposed to happen July twenty fourth. It was supposed to start, and they postponed it to twenty twenty one. That's just crazy to me. If you weren't taking it seriously before, that should be a big wake-up call. 
Yeah, that, that that was kind of my thing. I'll, I, you know, I've said this before, but I come from a smaller town, and it feels like a lot of people in my small town wasn't taking it seriously. You know, I say like a month ago, or at least just two weeks ago, and I'm like, how can how can some people not take this serious when you have professional sports leagues, you have these organizations and businesses, and the Olympics now, and these people giving up hundreds of millions of dollars, but yet. You know, you read something on WebMD or some random website, and you're like, I don't, you know, this is, and you have some wild opinion. We're not trusting the facts and <laughs> scientists about this. But anyway, that's a whole different conversation. The the Olympics of it, yeah, it's crazy. I remember going to Brazil when I the the first time I went to Brazil. I guess it was a couple it was a couple years before they were supposed to host the Summer Olympics. And or it wasn't the first time I went to Brazil, but anyway, and I remember seeing all the construction for like new arenas being built, new stadiums being built, and it had the Olympics logo outside of it. I'm like, this is crazy that they're literally building this. Now, obviously, they're going to use that for other things in the future, but they're building it with the intention of like, hey, because we're hosting the Olympics, and so it's wild. It's crazy to think. I mean, I was, this is something I was really looking forward to. I love the summer Olympics and watching yeah, me too. US, USA basketball. Uh, and especially just watching the other countries too. You know, we saw, I guess in the world cup, you know, last, I guess it was last summer. Was it last summer that Luca and them didn't get to play in and which we were, I think it was last summer, Boban and Jokic and yeah. Anyway, it was um, this past summer. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, I was looking forward to it. It's when you know, you're going to see most of the stars come out for the for the USA team, and uh, just seeing that tra- uh, training camp uh, roster invite a few months ago, I guess that came out, yeah. and seeing some people that were left off of it, Trey Young, and just I always like seeing who is going to like make that roster, and uh, yeah, and it's just fun. I-, I always enjoy watching those guys play, and it's a bummer, but it just like you said, it speaks to the the seriousness uh, of this whole situation. Other news: The Los Angeles Clippers, um, their owner Steve Ballmer, has you know agreed to buy the Forum, the fabulous Forum in L.A., which used to be where the Lakers played, which is now basically just a music and um, you know like basically just a music venue at this point. And the reason why that's significant: first of all, he bought it with four hundred million dollars cash. Let's go. Like, and the the thing that's more significant about him having four hundred million dollars cash. He doesn't even he's not going to use the building, right? Like they'll probably still do they'll probably still use it for a music venue and things like that. But the reason he bought it is because Madison Square Garden owned the Forum, you know the Knicks and James Dolan they owned the Forum, and Steve Ballmer wanted to build a Clippers arena in Inglewood, but they had a non compete you know in the area. You you couldn't build an arena around a certain amount of you know distance around. The forum, and so Steve Ballmer said, "Well, if we can't figure this out, I'm just going to buy this." And so he just bought it. Uh, and I think James Dolan paid like fifty million dollars for it, or something. The forum. Wow. <laughs> I actually have a Which good idea wild. for Ballmer. So this is what they this is what they got to do. So they bought the forum. Yeah. It comes to the playoffs, and let's say you know the playoffs take place. Let's say this this fall. year. Let's say this year in the fall. Western Conference Finals. They put out the Lakers. Then they go on to win the title. They put them out where? They put out the banners instead of their own? No, no. They, they put the Lakers out of the playoffs. <laughs> they go on to win the title. Okay. They come back to L.A. They put Lakers stuff on the forum and demo it. And just, like, 
collapse the arena, and that's where they build their new arena. <laughs> they just build it right over the forum? Yeah. And it's like, hey, we just put you out of the playoffs when you're the number one seed. This is like your old arena that means a lot to Lakers fans. We bought it. Now we're just going to demo it after we put you out. This is we're, – we're here. We're fully here in L.A., even though they're never going to fully be there, but still. If they do that, then they're literally just – they're just committing to be the little brother. We're not really a real franchise. We just live to be. They're low- always going to be a little brother, no, but at least they, that'd they, be a fun. They're jab. living to be Loki instead of Thor, right? They never. They they're they're committing to that, right? They'll never be Thor. They'll always be Loki, and they they're and they're like completely committing to that if they do that. The pain. Okay, do that or don't do that. They're still going to be the little brother. I would at least like to have a jab in there. Something <laughs> that might hurt a little bit. Anyway, all right, coming up, let's get into some more news. The 76ers stuff has just been really weird. We want to talk about that, what the Mavs are doing, and what Mark Cuban said on Dan Patrick. We'll talk about all that coming up. All right, Isaac. Uh, the 76ers, I want to just talk about this briefly. Um, it's wild to me that the 76ers released a statement basically through Woj, and it was that they were requesting that their uh, workers that make $50,000 or more voluntarily take a 20% salary uh, decrease <laughs> and they're asking for this and they were not going to pay certain other employees and all this stuff, blah, blah, blah. Basically asking people to take less voluntarily, which is wild. And then uh, the public, it gets out to the public. Everyone trashes it, which is completely, you know, uh, justified. There's, there's certain businesses that we understand that can't keep employers because can't keep employees because they have to, you know, make revenue, make money and things. The NBA is not that. You know, Josh Harris owning the 76ers, this is not one of those things. Everybody trashes it, and then a couple of hours later, <laughs> Woj <laughs> tweets out his uh, basically apology and says that they are not doing it. Basically, they started at the beginning of the day, they said, oh, we don't have the money, we have to scale back, and we have to make our, you know pay our workers less, and then all of a sudden, they're like, oh, guys, guess what? We found the money, we're good. Everyone just chill. We're not going to change anything. I have so many questions. So, so many does is this a good thing or a bad thing for Twitter? Because in a way, does I it feel empower like this it more? A, right? <laughs> I know. In a way, I feel like this is another example of it just empowering Twitter. Because you even had this. This was the Woj tweet. So if if yeah, if you're not on Twitter, as soon as they announce the whole thing about the Sixers and cutting back salary and all this stuff, everybody's quote tweet and everybody's response was, "Hey guys, the net worth of Joshua Harris is 3.5 billion dollars." That's the you know. Yeah, major owner of the which is not like liquid, like which is not like money, right? That's not like he has three point nine billion dollars in his bank account, right? That's cash. (laughs) He has assets and things like that. So yeah, whatever. Yeah, so that was everyone's response to it, and this 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 happened earlier on Tuesday. Woj tweets out and says, "Other this is before the decision, obviously, to take it back." Woj tweets out and says, "Other NBA owners are watching Sixers." and weighing the PR fallout versus desire to do the same with the salary reductions, including some considering four lows, staff cutbacks, blah, blah, blah. No owner wants to log into Twitter and see his own net worth trending after trending. announcing this kind of news. 
I saw that and I'm like, no, Woj, don't empower Twitter anymore because now everyone who threw a fit feels responsible, which I, this is the right decision. I'm, I'm down for this, but this is also part of Twitter and it gets to me sometimes. The thing is, though, if left to their own devices, the Sixers would have just kept this. And maybe it wasn't just yeah. because of Twitter. You know, Woj mentioning Twitter makes you wonder if it was Twitter. The 76ers also do have a history of uh, make, <laughs> of their, their business running through Twitter and things like that. But... Um, if left to their own devices, the Sixers would have just done this, and they would have made their you know employees take a twenty percent pay increase or get fired, right, or lose their jobs, basically. Yes, and that was the wrong decision because they don't have to do that. They can you know leverage some money and uh, they'll be fine. They're not going to go out of business. They're the Seventy Sixers. They're probably still selling merch everywhere. Um, so good and, job, Twitter. Anyway, I mean, yeah, this, this and this is why I called for everybody that this is why we have to hammer ESPN to drop the last dance. We have to win this. We have I to cyberbully ESPN. I think there's like actual production things they still need to do. Like I think they, I don't think they finished it. Right. I also want to look at the timestamp on these tweets that other owners are watching. Was at twelve fifteen from Woj, and then at twelve fifty four, twelve fifty four, he says seventy sixers ownership is playing to change course. Whoa. <laughs> Well, and in, in that time, or at least maybe a little before the first tweet, Joel Embiid, you know, pledged five hundred thousand dollars to like medical relief for uh, people working, you know, uh, basically the first responders and things like that, and and help Sixers employees who will suffer financial hardships. So, uh, basically, the players are stepping in and they're doing stuff, and then all of a sudden, <laughs> it makes the owner look terrible. Which you know, hey, yes whatever all right the Mavericks by the way they are also stepping in and helping it's not just other teams not just other players the Mavericks themselves are doing great things um we we learned on Saturday Seth Curry purchased 115 dinners from a local restaurant for first responders at the mobile testing site at Dallas Emergency Ops Center Brad Townsend reported that every Mavs player has committed to this effort hundreds of meals each day uh Porzingis turn was uh, I guess Sunday or Monday um, and the Mavs franchise, Brad said the Mavs franchise continues to lead the way in outreach and ideas for truly making a difference. Awesome for the Mavs to reach out and to help the first responders because these are the people. I mean, lots of people are suffering in certain ways, loss of income, you know, uh, and things like that. But these people are out there and they're uh, risking their lives, literally in some cases. And they are. You've seen this, the, the pictures of of people after their shifts, right, with the, the goggles yeah. like over. Like uh, making an indent in their face and things like that. They're just working around the clock. And so uh, good on the maps for doing this. Yeah, and we wanted to make sure that we did talk about this on a pod and make this a, a, a segment on a pod because uh, for a lot of people, even I've seen different national uh, sports people, media people say the Mavericks have been at the forefront of all of this from, you know, everything that Mark Cuban, you know, the night of it happened, you know, he agreed to do that sideline interview. He did post game media coverage. He's been, you know, on all these different platforms. He's been really innovative and really kind of um, leading the charge of what an owner is supposed to be doing right now in the sports world. And uh, you can't praise him enough for what he's been doing and how he's been leading the organization right now and just seeing all the different things. Now, I, I know that, you know, we see these things because we see a lot of local Dallas uh, media and, you know, we have obviously the Mavericks connections and all that stuff. But seeing all the different little things that they that, I mean, we get the, you know, the press emails, too, of the things that like the, the Mavericks and the Mavs Foundation paired up and, you know, gave one hundred thousand dollars to local uh, nonprofits in the area. You talked about the meals thing that happened. 
the $500,000 that Cuban, Luka Doncic, Dwight Powell, you know, did together in the Mavs, you know, to, to go towards childcare. And it's, you know, they're, they're hitting, they're looking at these different areas of saying, all right, what's the wrinkles, you know, what's the ripple effects that yeah. goes down from this whole situation? What are the different you know demographics of people that is going to suffer from this? And you look at one of these main you know areas right now is, all of these people and nurses, I was just talking to a retired nurse that I work with a few days ago and kidding her. I'm like, Hey, you're going to go back in. She's like, I don't know. Yeah. I've been retired for a while, but it's like all hands on deck right now. And some of the, a lot of these people are working these crazy hours and sacrificing so much their kids, you know, right now it's like, they're not in daycare. The schools are out and all of this. So it's really cool for the Mavericks and Cuban and Luca and those guys to come together and say, Hey, we're going to put $500,000 towards childcare for the people who are on the front lines, fighting this thing, risking lives and all stuff like that. So that's been cool. Um, and yeah, small thing like Jalen Brunson did this thing back and forth with a mayor uh, of you know the you know, five things you can do you know at, yeah, as a community and stuff to help combat this right now. So it's there's so many small things and big things that the Mavericks across the board from the cube from Cuban all the way down the roster that this team and franchise is doing, and they deserve a lot a lot of credit for this. Yeah, it's awesome. It's awesome to see you know. Uh, you know, basically they put their money where their mouth is, right? And uh, quite literally in some cases, and it's awesome to see that that story about uh, you know the the money going to childcare in the hospitals was uh, Cuban, Luca, and Dwight Powell, uh, and the Mavericks Foundation donated five hundred thousand dollars to the University of Texas Southwestern Medical Center and Parkland Hospital, and quote funds will be allocated to child support uh, for healthcare workers on the front lines of COVID nineteen. Just awesome. I mean, that's a thing, like you said, that you know people necessarily wouldn't think of at first. You know that these people that are working there, working overtime, doing all these things, you know, working all these long days, their kids have to go somewhere, right? So paying for childcare and things like that, and I'm sure it costs extra because you have to make sure that those kids are you know safe and are, are not you know contracting this this virus as well. And there's so many ripple effects. I mean, all over the place. Yeah. So, and, and a lot of pushing to you know support local restaurants and businesses and stuff yeah. too. That's been a really uh, big push from Cuban and the Mavs also, and like you know yeah supporting the nonprofits in the area, but um, you know buying the meals and stuff from these businesses that you know, that are the local businesses that can go to the first responders and, you know, even Cuban doing with uh, the employees of the Mavericks of saying, Hey, for these, you know, next, you know, these first couple of weeks, whatever it was a few weeks ago saying, Hey, whatever you're going to, you know, whatever meals that you buy right now, working from home and stuff, we're going to reimburse you and stuff like that. Like that, that's the type of stuff that not all owners are doing right now. And he's at the forefront of all of this right now. Yeah, it's awesome. So coming up, let's hear from Mark Cuban, or let's talk about what Mark Cuban said on Dan Patrick. Had some interesting thoughts. We'll talk about that coming up next. All right, Isaac. So Mark Cuban was on Dan Patrick's show, uh, not the lieutenant governor of Texas who said the dumb thing the other day. Dan Patrick from SportsCenter. <laughs> um, he said what that- What did he say dumb? I didn't even see that. Okay, I don't want to get into it. I don't want to get into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. That's um, good. You can search it on Twitter, but don't search Jamal Murray, whatever you do. Uh, Mark Cuban, Mark Cuban, <laughs> Mark Cuban said that he's not talked to the commissioner, but they are getting daily updates from the league office, which I thought was significant. Uh, that every single day the league office is letting the owners know this is where we are, this is what's happening. So they're keeping up with that. They're not just they didn't just hit the target date of 30, 30 days and say we'll figure it out when we get there. They're letting them know what's happening. Uh, he also told you know Dan Patrick asked him if there was a drop dead date, meaning is there a specific day? 
that'll go by. Like, let's say we get to July 1st and we get to July 1st and there's no games in sight. Is it, is that over? Like we just cancel the season basically. And Mark Cuban said, no, he said, there are no rules right now. There is no drop dead date. You know, we've never done this before. There are no rules. And so him hearing from the league office every day and then saying there's no drop dead date, that there's no rules. Like we could, there's a potential that we could see the finals in like, you know, September, October, November, right? I mean, there's no rules at this point. Who knows what they're going to do? It just seems like so much is up, is out, you know, in the open and just out there right now. Yeah, I, I think it kind of goes back to what we were saying, what, three or four weeks ago or two weeks ago of saying, I say keep on saying three or four weeks, literally two weeks. Spend two weeks. Four, this is day 14, uh, by the way, since, since the last Mavs game. Two weeks ago of saying, man, it's just – Nobody knows. Like literally, nobody knows no what is going to happen. It's and with everything. It is a day by day situation and week by week for a lot of this stuff. And yeah, I think I think right now for them, they're not ruling out you know anything. They're yeah. not saying anything's for sure going to happen. They're just letting it play out. I think there's obvious things that we have to you know everybody's wondering of. Okay, well if they do go that far into you know the fall and let's say the finals are in September. You know, what does that do to next season? Is that automatically make next season a shortened season? What's the you know, what's the pros and cons of if it's, you know, past July, you know, what would you just call the season at that point and just say, Okay, is it not worth it? You that's know, the drop or, dead date. That's what he's talking about. And he said there isn't one. Yeah. Yeah, and that's why I was saying, like, what what would be the, you know, if you did the pros and cons of back and forth, like, why wouldn't you just call the season? I'm not saying I would. I'm just saying call the season and then keep the normal NBA calendar. Or is it worth having two shortened seasons to make up for all of it? That That's the stuff that, you know, yeah. Do you want to have one season with an asterisk or do you want to have two seasons with an asterisk? Right, right, which could happen. Uh, Cuban's idea, he keeps reiterating it, five exhibition games, um, when they eventually come back, five exhibition games, best of five in the first round, then best of seven in the playoffs after that to kind of shorten it a little bit. Uh, and he said, we start to really come out of this in about six weeks. That's it. That was his guess that we could start to see in mid May potential for games being played without fans. Like that was his guess. No, no information he said on that, but that was maybe his guess was mid May. So, um, and then he yeah, meant and even, even that literally goes back to the beginning of this podcast goes back to how much we stay at home. <laughs> like yeah, how much yeah, the that world is, that's and, very dependent and country, on country. Yeah, true. stays at home and we try to flatten this curve even more. Yeah, absolutely. And the last thing I want to get into is um Cuban mentioned that you know the thing that gets people rallied and excited again will be sports. And this has been such an uncertain time. There's you know we've we've talked about the people that have sacrificed, you know, uh even people like me, like I I lost one of my jobs in this and it's you know been stressful on my family and trying to figure out, you know, okay, we're going to be okay for like two months and then looking two, three months in advance. And then we're like, man, like the fourth month out, we're going to be really toast, right? Like it's going to be really, really tough. And so people just seeing that anxiety and, you know, using my personal example, like, like looking forward in the future and trying to figure out, okay, when we get to that point, you know, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? What am I going to do? And you just keep thinking that over and over again, that dread and that anxiety really weighs on people. And Cuban mentioned that the thing that gets people rallied and excited and, you know, out of these ruts or the, out of these, you know, um, out of these trenches of anxiety, right. It's going to be sports. It's going to be a thing that's going to help rally people. You know, uh, it's a terrible example, but the, you know, the 
George Bush throwing out the first pitch after 9-11. Like, that was the thing that really rallied. It was a symbol to America. They're like, okay, we can start again. We can go back to normal again a little bit. And that was, you know, a couple days. But this is going to be even longer than that. So, uh, and sports was one of the things that got people, you know, to take this seriously in the first place. Sports was, um, you know, the NBA suspending the season was one of the big major things that made people really realize, okay, this is a real deal and we should probably take this seriously. Um, I think one of the first things that got canceled was a sporting event. I think a tennis event. And then it was like the, um, it was the Ivy league, um, basketball tournament was one of the first tournaments that got canceled. And then the NBA a couple days later ended up, um, you know, suspending the season as well. But I think sports are just so important in different ways. And this is a topic that Isaac and I are really, um, you know, take to heart is that sports is a venue in all other aspects of life, right? You can, you can, find different areas. How many different topics have we talked about on this podcast that are not basketball? You know, those kind of things. The, um, you go all the way back to like Michael Sam being the first gay athlete and talking about or the first gay NFL player and talking about how, you know, we, we treat LGBTQ people in this, in this country and things like that. And, you know, there's so many different ways that the end that, um, sports relates to life and that we can talk about it in that way. And it, uh, creates these conversations. And this is another one where, how do we come, how do we come back? You know, and comebacks are a huge, you know, story in, in sports. And now the the whole country and a lot of the world is going to have to come back and rally behind something. Uh, and sports and the NBA are going to be one of those things. Yeah, sports is, you know, it's an escape. It's an escape from, for a lot of people away from the normal way of life. And not saying that it's an escape from something bad. It's You can have an amazing life, but it can be a busy life. And you have all these uh, obligations and responsibilities with your families and, and work and career and all that stuff. And sports is, for a lot of people, it's your time to just get away from that. It's your escape from it. You, for two hours, you don't have to think about anything. You can just focus on basketball and yell at your TV and you know, I when I wrote uh, the retirement piece I did for Mavs.com uh, when Dirk retired, you know, I called him. He was our rock. He was a lot of our rocks. When we came home from a bad day at work, we knew that Dirk was going to be on the court putting up 30 a game. When you came, when you got bad news from something, you know, something happened in your family or something, you knew that your rock was still going to be there. And so for a lot of us, sports is our rock. It's our refuge. It's uh, it's an escape from a lot of these things. So when you go in this time right now, this is one of these situations where a lot of us are going through, you know, something collectively, but then we don't have for, for a lot of us, we don't have this support system of sports. It's our getaway. It's, Hey, no matter how life is, you know, you can get on Twitter and, you know, do Twitter jokes and get some interaction from some people. And you're like, yeah, okay. Life's great right now. As weird as that sounds, that's what sometimes, you know, some things happen that way. And so, it will be. I think the Bush example is a good one because I, I think when 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 Bush threw out that first pitch, you know, in that nine eleven you know situation, I, that was one of the few moments that you know politics went out the window. It was a it's kind of a symbolism moment of we're going to rally right now. And I think when you're laughing, oh, I was just imagining what's the equivalent now? Is is Trump taking a free throw before the first NBA game? Like is that? Oh God, no, I'm not. I'm not even going to. Uh, but no, I think even going in a, in a way, I think you understand this a little bit, but like the Kobe stuff, you know, that first Lakers game and, yeah. you know, the, the ceremony, it, it just helped, you know, people were mourning uh, a loss of, uh, for a lot of people, their hero and just their, you know, childhood idol and favorite athlete and all this stuff and a way for them to mourn that and to pro- 
properly grieve of that of seeing these performers sing and you know to see him honored and to see basketball be played again in Staples and LeBron that incredible speech LeBron gave and all this stuff it like yeah. it helped people get past that so sports does help people get through that and so and when sports does come back it's going to be like a special moment with you know with the NBA special. I think the NBA will be a little bit more special than some of the other sports because they were at the forefront. They were the first league yeah. to do this. So I think that first NBA game will be a big moment. And uh, yeah, it'll be cool. It'll be cool to see. Uh, now, I think it'll take a matter of uh, two days before there's arguments back going and debates and yeah. Twitter <laughs> and uh, all this stuff again back to normal. But uh, it'll be a special moment when the NBA comes back. When it comes back, and I know this might be lost on this audience, but the first game I think should be a Laker game, and they just clear out and LeBron just jam one. Like that would, wouldn't that just be a moment where basically no. the whole why, why LeBron? He's the face of the league. You just talked to <laughs> Isaac is the biggest. Like I don't need to tell you guys this, but LeBron Isaac is the biggest LeBron hater ever. I'm ever, not ever no. World. We don't have to talk about this, but the biggest. <laughs> I, I I DM him or text him one positive thing about LeBron and he's like no, he's like no, Nick DM me today and said we don't have to get into it we're, we're already too old. an ESPN thing said that they did a poll of writers and I'm like an ESPN thing seventy this. people this that the- cover the league the ESPN does not have seventy people that cover the NBA. I'm not saying 70, but 10, 10 out of 80 people or 10 out of 70 people voted for LeBron. I guarantee you two of those are Wendy and, and McMinniman, whatever. I mean, and how many of the other ones are ESPN people? This is the the the, the site that's pushing, trying to push the narrative is the person is the site who did the, the vote. So None of those people that. can think for themselves? None of them? Can they? None of those people can think for themselves? I don't know. If they do, they get fired. Oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, if we're being real, I mean, a lot of them do. They move on if they if they do start thinking for themselves. Brian or, Windhorst votes for Giannis instead of LeBron, and they they fire him. They just send him like, no, hey, no. go to Fox well, no, Sports. No, no, no. But I mean, we we both know McMenamin and Wendy is probably two of those, right? I mean, that's sure. Wild. But the eight other people have thought for themselves and picked picked LeBron over Giannis. That still don't make it a conversation to me, though. Oh my god. This is the thing we may have fought about. What was the thing? There was a stupid thing we fought about before that was really stupid. This is this is a little Jean, less stupid. Jean Clavel and PJ Dozier. <laughs> <laughs> I was still right about that. Gary Harris and Rodney Hood. No, I admitted that one right away. There you go. All right. I don't well, know what it is. There you go. Another I, dumb thing. Another either, dumb thing we fight about all the time. We do argue about the LeBron Giannis stuff a lot though. Because I have this weird thing to where I enjoy watching. Like, I watched LeBron on Instagram the other night. My wife and I love his family, and I love I love what he does off the court. I just, yeah. But, anyway. <laughs> okay. There you go. <laughs> All right, guys. We'll be back tomorrow. Um, yeah, Thursday. If you guys are still listening. Hopefully, some of you are still listening. Thursday night, 8 p.m. Central Time. We are doing another mailbag on Hot Mike. We are... Uh, answering all of your questions, and we need you on Hot Mics. We'll be live Thursday, 8 p.m. Central Time. Um, you know, I know that's kind of late for people overseas, but if you guys are bored, <laughs> hang out with us on Hot Mic. Guys, thanks so much for listening to Lockdown Maps. Peace out. Boom. Boom.